So it's the 11th of September, 2021. And now is the time for us to sit in meditation. And what we're doing when we sit in meditation is bringing the mind to peace and making it firm and well-established. And this is something which is very important. And while we're sitting in meditation, and we have this composure, collectedness over our body and speech, they are composed within virtue. So there's the virtue and sila of the 227 precepts, or the five precepts, the eight or ten precepts. And these are all different forms of sila. This is all sila. So as we're sitting here cultivating our minds right now, we're not harming anyone. We have hearts of metta, loving-kindness, not wishing um, harm upon anyone, not having any kind of ill will towards anyone at all. And so we, we have sila and we're cultivating samadhi and we're putting in this energy, this effort into training our minds. And so we need to have confidence in our efforts as well, confidence in ourselves, that I can do this, and this is something that I need to do, that I can gain knowledge, that I can pass through these things, I can get there. And sometimes we have to put up a lot of endurance, forbearance in this practice. Maybe we're practicing very strictly, and it's very difficult. Wake up early in the morning, just eat a little bit of food and put in our effort throughout the entire day, trying to maintain our mindfulness throughout the day. So on weekends, like it is now, this is a good opportunity that we have because we have the time to train ourselves in this way. And if we need to go out to work, then we need to use our minds, need to think, need to proliferate as well as we're working. And we also subject ourselves to many different uh, sense impressions. And the mind receives all of this. And then it's normal for the mind to be swayed by them as well. So we must train our minds well, so they become firmly established. And even though we have the intention and we put an effort to not be angry, to not hate anyone, to not have any thoughts of ill will or harming. But when we meet with these sensory experiences, you know, when we actually um, kind of meet with those in the real world, and then the mind proliferates and it gives chase to those, it runs after them. And so we should think that it's just normal for the mind to be this way. That's just what it does. But if we firmly train our minds, um, then they'll be settled into peace and they can come into a good state of samadhi. And here knowledge arises and we gain wisdom. And all of us want to be wise because we know that this wisdom, banya, is that which can solve all the suffering that we experience. We also need to have confidence in ourselves. 
And the Buddha said that we need to be a refuge unto ourselves. And who else can we uh, take refuge in, or who else can we rely upon? And so the Buddha taught us to rely upon ourselves. He said that himself, the Tathagata, was just the one who teaches, just the one who instructs. But it's us that need to train. We need to train ourselves for ourselves. So for the Buddha to awaken really wasn't easy at all. It was incredibly difficult. And really, we can't even describe how difficult it was. It just goes beyond words. But for us, we're not practicing for that level. Uh, we're practicing for the savaka bhumi, uh, the realm of the um, awakened disciples. And so we don't need to develop that much barami as much as he did. But we do need to cultivate enough and so that our minds are firmly established in this path of generosity, virtue, and mental cultivation. So this panya, or wisdom, it's a circumspect all-round knowledge, a knowing into the four noble truths, knowing what it is that they're like. Because from the very moment that we were born, Really, all we have experienced is suffering. We can take just one part of that, the fear that we experience. And so there is fear and worry in students, fear that they will fail their examinations. And really, we can fear all kinds of things. And then we go to work, then we are scared that we won't be able to, to do our work well. It won't meet with success. And so why do we fear these things? It's because of these sankharas, the conditioned phenomena, these physical bodies, and they're suffering, aren't they? This rupa, this gaya, this body, now the conditioned form of this body, it's a heap of pain. And that's why we need to study, that's why we need to gain this knowledge and go out to work, so that we can gain the money in order to support our lives and support our families as well. Because these bodies, they depend upon the four requisites. They depend upon food and shelter and clothing. And really, they don't actually need a lot of these things. They just need what's enough. But it's the craving that's there within our hearts, this tanha, that makes us want more and more, that makes us struggle to get more. And it's, this is the process of craving and how this causes us suffering. And so when we are filled with this craving, then it's never enough. We get something and then we want more, and then we want more, and then we want more. And so even if we were to get a million dollars, then we'd want 10 million. And then when we get 10 million, we want 100. And so this desire, it goes on and on and on. And getting to the point or finding someone who feels like what they have is enough, who knows a sense of enoughness, of things just being right, it's very difficult to find this kind of person. 
Because there's usually just not this contentment there. We're not content with the things that we have. We're not content with what we are. Because having been born into this world, we have the self. And having a self, then there's naturally comparisons that come up. And so we compare ourselves to the people around us constantly. And we want to get more than them. We want to be more kind of uh, famous and more in the spotlight than they are, to stand out more. We want to know more. And if we don't have a good sense of virtue, if there's del- this delusion there within our hearts, um, then we can try to get these things, to be better, to have more, in a way that is immoral. We want to get these things, but we do so uh, through immoral means, and this is not correct. So even though through doing this we may gain a lot of wealth, that wealth actually has very little value. But if we gain money through virtuous means, then that has great value. And so it's normal that by having this self, then we compare this self to other selves. And uh, am I better than them? Are they better than me? And we want more than other people. And even though we want these things, if we don't put an effort to get them, then we won't succeed. And there's just suffering that comes up, and only dukkha, only suffering. But if we want good things, then we need to have confidence in ourselves, and then put an effort and sincerely try. And just like if we train in a certain occupation, then we need to really set our hearts on that training, on um, developing ourselves in that occupation. And then we'll be able to get there. But nothing comes to us easily. Things just don't drop down from the sky. We need to rely upon our training. So for example, if we want samadhi, um, or for us, or here, our sila is good already. Uh, we're already very intent on being virtuous. And so we need to then be cautious around our speech. And speech is something that's very important. Because when we live together, it does have an impact. And so for most of us, we're probably very good in not lying, not being deceptive. Uh, but then we have to try to cultivate speech, which isn't harmful, which isn't harsh or coarse or divisive. And also try not to say things which are not beneficial. Because this just ruins, it wastes the energy in the hearts. And so we should try not to speak in these ways, in ways that are devoid of benefit, but rather speak in beneficial ways, knowing a sense of time and place to speak. And sometimes our views aren't in line with the views of others. And that's just normal for things to be like that. But we shouldn't argue. We shouldn't try to win out over others, to try to not be defeated. 
Uh, because if we do this, then this is just coming from clinging, from attachment, that I am right. But really each person, each individual thinks that they are right. And when we have this attachment to being right, then that is uh, wrong that is arising. There's kind of wrongness coming up. So each person has their views, has their own opinions and thoughts, because each mind is different. But if we think that I'm right and everyone else is wrong, then this is just going to create chaos. And we'll just carry on being chaotic with no end. And that's because we haven't yet reached the heart of the matter. We haven't yet arrived at the place where there's no right and there's no wrong, where us and them doesn't exist. And so not having arrived there, um, we argue and we fight with each other. And sometimes our mindfulness slips as well. So there's a story of Lumpu Tongrat, who was uh, a teacher, a teacher of Lumpu Cha. And he had many methods to teach his students very well. And so there was one time when he was wandering with some of his students, and they passed through forests and the countryside, passed through villages. And one day they passed a male buffalo. And so they walked on for a bit, and then Thumpu Tongrat, he turned around and asked one of his disciples, did you see that female buffalo that we just passed? But this disciple, he saw the buffalo in line with conventions, and so he saw it as being a male. And so he thought, well, now is a time to disagree with my teacher, uh, because in the past, uh, my teacher, Skrubhajan, has taught me many things. He's told me that I'm wrong all the time. He's uh, kind of reprimanded me. And uh, my defilements were able to give in. They were able to submit to that. But today, I'm not going to give in. Today, I'm going to win out over my teacher. And he thought that what his teacher saw was wrong, for sure. And these were the kind of thoughts that were going on in his mind. And so this it was kind of this self which had come up within his heart. And so he really started arguing with his teacher to um, the utmost of his energy because he knew that he was right for sure. And so he um, said, his teacher said, we passed a female buffalo uh, before, right? But then he replied, no, it was a male. And so he thought that he was correct for sure. And they started arguing. Lumpur Tongrat replied that uh, no, it was a female, it was a male buffalo. And they disagreed like this, they carried arguing like this, and it got uh, more and more intense. And so Lumpur Tongrat, he said, well, who is it? Who's the person who decides what a female is and what a male is? Who calls them these names? So his disciple's mindfulness, his sati, came back. And this was able to reduce the conceit that was there in his heart.
And uh, so he was able to see that really there is no female, there is no male, there's no buffalo, there's no cow, there's no being, no self, no other. But normally, for us people, we're willing to fight until the death. We're willing to just argue and not give in, not submit. Because in that state of mind, there's a flag and there's the wind. So there was one Zen master who had two disciples who were arguing with each other. There was a flag that was blowing in the wind. And the one said that it's flapping because there is a wind. That if there was no wind, then it wouldn't be flapping like that. But the other one said, well, no, it's because there's a flag there. Even though there's the wind, if there was no flag, then how could that flag possibly flutter? And so their views differed in this way. And that's just like all the people in the world, that really all of the issues we have, all the reasons we fight, is just due to this. So their teacher, the Zen master, came along and he said, there is no flag and there is no wind. And so he brought it right to that place, the, the middle, right into the place of emptiness. And the matter was finished right there. But if we have us and them, me and you, and then we just carry on arguing and it never finishes. So when we live together, when we work together, then there's naturally a sense of kind of rightness that comes up and people think that I am right and really everyone thinks that they are right. And we think in this way. But we should be able to listen to other people's views, other people's ideas first. And sometimes we may be correct and sometimes we may be wrong. So we shouldn't say that I am right and I'm only right. But we should listen, and then we should think and contemplate what we've heard. And so through listening and contemplating, and actually we're able to understand into the Dhamma, into the truth, and the causes for suffering to arise. So when we carry out our occupations, and we do so, even though it's very hard, we do so because we need to sustain these lives of ours. But while we're working, we should be practicing and meditating as well. We should be cultivating our minds along with our work. And through doing this, then we can gain wisdom into dukkha, into suffering, and how this arises due to the attachment that we have towards all physical and mental things and how these then cause us suffering. And it's all really an issue of self. And having been born, there's just this comparison that we have towards, between ourselves and others, that I am better than them, I am equal to them, I am worse than them. And there are these nine kinds of deceit, of conceit, rather. So if we're actually worse or lower than someone, then we may have the view that I am lower. And sometimes we may be lower, but we may consider ourselves to be equal or consider ourselves to be higher. And these are all forms of conceit. These are all 
This is all born from attachment to me and my possessions. We may be equal and then think that I am equal, or I am lower, or I'm higher. We may be higher, and we may attach to that, that I really am higher. Or we attach to being equal or being lower. So these nine kinds of conceit, they're not easy to abandon. And if and abandoning them is at the level of an anagami, a non-returner. So it's normal that we have these kinds of conceit, and we have this attachment as well. But we should just carry on with the practice and the training all the same. Really focus our minds, put in a lot of effort. Because if we don't have effort, then we can't succeed. So all the famous actors and singers, um, they've become famous, they've become good at those uh, occupations, those skills, they've become talented through their efforts. And in our practice, we need to have effort as well with any work, any occupation, in order to succeed to a high level. This all requires effort. So in this practice, to rise up and abide above the world, this is something that is more difficult than any of these other things. We need to have good mindfulness, we need to have samadhi, we need to be cautious, we need to be sincere. And if we do this, then one day we have to succeed. And this will happen in no long time. So we should contemplate, reflect, and prepare ourselves. We should die before we die, before these bodies actually break apart. And we should start preparing ourselves from this very day. Really train ourselves, put in this effort, this energy, raise our zeal and practice. Because if we don't practice, then in which life will we gain knowledge? So take it in this life right here. And so we suffer, and the reason for that is due to this craving. And this craving is something which is never full. It's always kind of opened. And um, when we get something, and then we hoard that up, we keep it and we keep it, and then we want more and more. And there's no river equal to the river of tanha, of craving. So therefore we should set our hearts on walking this path of virtue, collectedness, and wisdom, so that knowledge arises, wisdom arises, and then we can see and know the Dhamma. And this is something that each one of us is able to do. But we do have to have confidence in ourselves. We do have to believe in ourselves as well. So may all of you be sincere in this. <laughs>